ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ನಮ ಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ನಮ ಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಸೈಡ್ ದಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಮಾಯಾ ದಟ್ ಕ್ರಿಯೇಟ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಐಡಿಯಾಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಪರ್ಸ್ ಜೀವ ಎಂಡ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ದ ಕ್ರಿಯೇಟರ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದ ಕ್ರಿಯೇಟೆಡ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ರೂಲರ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದ ರೂಲ್ಡ್ ದ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದ ಇಂಡಿವಿಜುವಲ್ ದೀಸ್ ಐಡಿಯಾಸ್ ಇನ್ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ ಆರ್ ಕ್ರಿಯೇಟೆಡ್ ಬೈ ಮಾಯಾ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಮಾಯಾ ಪ್ರೆಸೆಂಟ್ಸ್ that awareness or brahman as the jiva same maya presents brahman as ishvara and therefore both of them have only a relative reality meaning both of them are mithya and the truth is kotastha kotastha means the changeless witness consciousness and this is what we are presenting here it says we are not presenting any reasons to prove this but we are presenting the the vision of the shruti here because that is what the seeker of knowledge should concern himself or herself with shrutyartham vishadi kurmah na tarkad vatmikinchana tena targa kshankanam atrako sarovada says how come you are all the time quoting the statements of the upanishads in support of what you are saying rather than proving what you are saying with the arguments he says our intention is not to prove or arrive at the truth by argument because the only pramanam the only valid means of knowledge for the truth is upanishad and therefore what we are doing here is explaining or clarifying the meaning of these statements of the upanishad tasmat kutarkam santyajya mumukshu shruti maashrayet therefore a mumukshu or a seeker of knowledge what that person should do kutarkam santyajya give up all fallacious arguments or give the arguments for the sake of arguments or give up even the uh, insistence that a given thing should be proven by argument shruti maashrayet may he take refuge of the shruti of the upanishadic statements and see of course the reasonability the point is it is not that we arrive at the truth by reasoning but the truth that is revealed by the shruti is reasonable that's the reason why where do we apply the logic or where do we apply reasoning in vedanta is to show how the statements of the shruti make sense how they explain our experiences in life and this is how it is not that we arrive at or prove what the shruti says but we only can show the reasonability of what the upanishad says how upanishad what the upanishad reveals is able to explain the various experiences in our life is able to explain our life and therefore what upanishad reveals is reasonable is not a product of reason but it is reasonable and therefore our attention is on shruti and not on reason it is not that we can prove questions are often asked 
When we are experiencing duality all the time, how can you say that Brahman is non-dual? When the world is very much a matter of experience, how do you say it is unreal? If the world, you know, and how can Brahman be one? How do you say that Brahman is without any attributes when we are constantly experiencing attributes? So these questions arise. We say that, rather than asking, how can you say that the reality is non-dual? That the reality of the truth is devoid of all the attributes or all the limitations. How do we say that? Instead of saying this, ask this question. How do you say that the, the world of duality is? How do you say that these attributes and the limitations are real? So rather than starting from our experience of duality and attempting to arrive at non-duality, the method that the Upanishads employs always start from the non-dual and, ex- and show how the duality came into being. So Upanishad starts like this, Sadeva Somi Idamagrasi Ekameva Dvitiyam. This whole universe which is uh, diverse, full of duality, was before its creation, this Brahman or the truth, one without a second. That's how it starts and then shows how the whole duality is projected. So you do not arrive at the substratum from the projection. You try to arrive at the projection from the substratum. If you start with the snake, you can never arrive at the rope. If what I perceive is a snake, there is no way that you can arrive at the rope which is the reality of the snake. But when you first start from the rope, then you will be able to see how a snake is a superimposition or projection. And so, it is not that we try to arrive at and understand the duality and our experiences based on the truth that is revealed by the Upanishad and not the other way around. Therefore, Mumukshu Shruti Mashrayat. It is best to start where the Shruti, what the Upanishad reveals and then try to understand our life. Shruta Utumaya Jeevesho Karoti Pradashitam Shruti Upanishad says that the creation is mithya. Mithya means it is unreal. Jiva, the individual, also is part of creation, therefore he is also unreal. And therefore the whole idea of creator also is equally unreal. So the creation, the creator, the creator, all of them enjoy the same degree of reality. If the creation is unreal, then the creator also is unreal, of the same degree of reality. This is what the Shruti reveals and keeping this in mind, Understand that the whole universe is created by these two, Ishvara and Jiva, both of which are projections by Maya. Ikshanadi praveshanta srishtihi ishikrita bhavet jagradadi mokshanta samsaraha jiva kartrukaha. That this whole creation of the objective reality, as we say, is all by Ishvara, the Lord, and what we call the subjective reality, Pratibhasik Sattva, is all the creation of Jiva. <coughs> Dream is a subjective reality. That snake is a subjective reality. Rope is the objective reality. And the snake is subjective reality. Rope also is mithya and snake also is mithya. However, there are degrees in mithyatvam. That the rope also is unreal, all right. But still, it is what we call the objective reality in as much as everyone perceives a rope as rope. Whereas somebody perceives a rope as snake, then he is, it is a further superimposition which is what we call the subjective superimposition. And thus, the samsara is nothing but mithya or superimposition and kutastha or the self is the reality. In this manner, 
may one all the time constantly contemplate and deliberate. Asanghaiva kutastaha sarvadanastikasana bhavatyashid atishastena manasyavam vicharyatam that in and through all this creation which is unreal asanghaiva kutastaha kutastaha the self or the changer is changeless is real nastikasana atishaya bhavati this kutastha does not undergo any change or modification such as birth, death or growth is free from every modification is ultimate irreducible reality manasi evam vicharitam may the seeker of knowledge dwell upon this deliberate upon this truth constantly <coughs> so far we did last time on Saturday in verse 70 now we proceed to verse 71 question is kutasthasya janmadi atishabhavaha kutahavagamyade Alright, you say that kutastha, the self, is devoid of modifications such as birth, death, growth. Kutaha avagamyade. Where do we get this? Meaning, what is the source based on which you say that kutastha is free from any modifications? Idi ashankya shruti vakya. The answer is from the statement of the shruti. There is an Upanishad called Atma Upanishad. And the verse that is quoted here also is a verse that appears in a text called Mandukya Karika. There is a Mandukya Upanishad upon which Gaudabhada Acharya teacher has written Karika, explanatory verses. And this verse appears is also, it also appears in Karika. Says verse 71. Nanirodho Nachotpattihi Nanirodho Nachotpattihi Nabadho nacha sadhaka hai Nabadho nacha sadhaka hai Namamukshur navai mukta hai Namamukshur navai mukta hai Ityesha paramarthada Ityesha paramarthada Ityesha paramarthada This is the truth. What is the truth about the self? Or what is the truth of the kutastha? Na nirodha. Nirodha means destruction or death. There is no death or destruction for kutastha. Nacha utpattihi. Utpatti means creation. There is no creation for kutastha. Meaning kutastha is not subject to destruction. Kutastha is not subject to creation. Na baddha. How about the one who is bound? He says, no, kutastha is not bound. There is no bondage for kutastha. Nacha sadhaka hai. There is no seeker also. The kutastha is not the seeker also. Namukshu, not even an aspirant for liberation, there is none. Namuktaha, in reality there is no, the idea is in reality there is no creation or birth. In reality there is no death or dissolution. In reality there is no seeker. In reality there is no aspirant of liberation. In reality there is no muktaha or even liberated one. In reality means there is no absolute reality to any of them. All of these are what we call mithya or the relative reality. Kutastha which is absolute reality is devoid of any kind of change or any attributes or any association. So what is this person who is bound? If you say that self is kutastha or changeless, isn't the self bound? He says no, there is no bound person. 
then the bondage is mithya, is unreal. And therefore, that baddha, the one who is bound, also is unreal. Mukta, similarly also, liberation is as of the same degree of reality as bondage. And therefore, mukta, one who is liberated, that also is unreal. Because kutastha, had it been bound, then alone kutastha could be liberated. So, liberated person is the one who knows that there was no bondage. If a person feels that now he or she is liberated and formerly one was bound, that means that the nature of liberation has not been understood. The nature of liberation is to understand, know that I was never bound, that the bondage was a Brahma or it was a notion. And therefore, Nirodha, what we call death or destruction or birth, all of these are at the level of upadhi, meaning at the level of creation, meaning they enjoy what we call a relative reality, or all of this is an appearance. The creation being an appearance, the birth, death, bondage, liberation, aspire, all of these are thus only relative, meaning all of them are unreal. <coughs> this is what the Shastra says. Therefore we say that Kutastha or the self is changeless. Asanga. Asanga means unconnected. Unconnected to bondage, unconnected to liberation, unconnected to anything. He is merely the witness and illuminator of all these notions. This is Paramahasada. This is the, the absolute reality. So there is only one reality, that's it. And that is Kutastha. There is nothing else. Nanutarahi Shrutishu Tatra Tatra Jiveshwaradi Pradipadanam Kimartham if you say that there is no creation, there is no dissolution, there is no bondage, there is no liberation, then how come you find the Upanishads elaborate descriptions on creation? Shrutishu Tatra Tatra. We also find elaborate description on how this jiva came into being. Upanishads also describe just as the sparks, number of sparks emerge from the fire, so also the jivas or individual self emerge from Brahman. Or other Upanishads describe this jiva as how the Lord created all these upadis or the body, mind, intellect, equipment and how he entered and how he now appears as jiva. So how come you find elaborate descriptions of jiva, Ishvara, creation and all of this in the Upanishads? What is the purpose of that? Ritya-shankya avangmanasagocharasya avabodhanaya Because the answer is that since Atma, the Kutastha, is not within the scope of words or not even within the reach of the mind. Since Kutastha, the Self, who is a witness? Because of which the mind is? Yen manasana manude, yen ahur manomatam. That which cannot be comprehended by the mind, but that because of which the mind comprehends. That which cannot be revealed by the speech, but that because of which the speech is able to reveal. And therefore, Kutastha, the Self, is beyond the scope of the mind of the words. So how do you reveal that? For that alone, the Sadhyaropa and Apavada. Superimposition and negation, that is the method that is applied by the Shruti. So when they talk of Adhyaropa, superimposition, in that process, the Upanishads and the Vedantic scriptures talk of creation, as we see in the morning in Vedanta Sara, how superimposition is being described very elaborately in order to explain our experiences. So superimposition of creation and all of that is described in order to try to explain our experiences.
and to show the unreality of the creation. That, so that it, it can be then negated as unreal. So, avang manasagocharasya atmana avabodhanaya. So, whatever descriptions we find in the Upanishads of Jiva, Jagat, Ishvara, all of these are for avabodhanaya, for making us see or know the truth of the Atma or Kutastha, who is beyond the words and the, the thought. That is being said in the verse 72. Avang manasagamyam tam, avang manasagamyam tam, shrutir bodhayitam sada, shrutir bodhayitam sada, jeevamisham jagadvapi, jeevamisham jagadvapi, samashritya prabodhayed, samashritya prabodhayed. Avang manasagamyam tam, Tam kutastam, that kutastha or the atma, avang manasagamyam, that which is not within reach of the words or the mind, tam shrutihi bodhaitum sada, shruti or the Upanishad, in order to reveal the nature of that self, even though it is not within the scope of words, we should know that the self does not require to be revealed by the shruti. We do not require Upanishad to reveal the self, because self is self-revealing. What is, it, what is the role that the Upanishads play with reference to revealing the nature of truth is to remove only the notions. Self always shines as a very I, as a very self it shines, Kutastha shines as a very self. It is self-revealing. So we don't require eyes to see it because it is known. We don't even require the mind to think about it because I know without any effort that I am, that I exist and that I am aware, all of this is known without an effort. So no effort is needed to know the self, because it is self-revealing. Effort is needed, pramana or means of knowledge is needed in order to know the objects other than the self, because they are all jada or inert, and so they require consciousness to reveal them, but atma being self-effulgent does not require any means of knowledge to reveal it. Then what is it that the Shruti does? Atadharma adhyaropa. There is going on at the moment an adhyaropa or superimposition upon the self of the attributes to the non-self. So, there, therefore, many complexes or notions are being entertained about the self today. That I am a limited being, that I am a samsari, and all that Upanishad does is to show the fallacy of these notions. That you are not a samsari, that you are not limited, you are not tall, you are not short, you are not fat, you are not lean, you are not happy, you are not unhappy. They keep, it keeps on negating. Because I think that I am happy, Shruti says you are not. I think I am unhappy, says no. I think I am tall, I am short, I am this, I am that. All these notions are negated. Shruti shows how these notions arise on account of identification with the Upadhi. And therefore, in order to show the Mithyatvam, all that the Shruti does is, number one, to show the mithyatom or unreality of samsara. That samsara, that I think I am a samsari, I am suffering, or I am limited, I am inadequate, that itself is mithya. The sense of inadequacy itself is false. And Shruti all the time shows the fallacy or unreality of that. For showing the unreality of our notions, it is necessary to talk about creation. 
talk about how the body came into being, how the mind came into being. Then, therefore, the Shruti talks about creation, therefore talks about the creator, talks about jiva. All of this the Shruti talks about in order to explain our experiences and show the falsehood of the samsara. So the unreality of creation and unreality of what we call the sense of inadequacy. So, jiva misham jagadvabi samashritra prabodhet. Therefore, Shruti takes the, the, uh, takes the support or takes the help of the description of Jiva, Jagat, Ishvara and whatever in order to reveal the nature of truth. Nanu tattvasya ekarupasya shruti bodhyatve shrutishu viganam kuto drushyade If you say that the truth is one and that every Upanishad reveals the truth which is one alone satyam jnanamanantam or satchidananda if that is the truth and every Upanishad has its subject matter or the theme to reveal the same truth. Shrutishu viganam kuto drashyade. Then how come you find every Upanishad different from every other Upanishad? And every Upanishad seems to uh, describe the same thing in different ways. How is it so? How come every Upanishad seems to describe different things? Looks to us that every Upanishad, the theme or the subject matter of different Upanishads is different. Says no, na tatve viganamasti. Says no, there is no, uh, there is total concurrence with among the Upanishad about the nature of truth that the Upanishad revealed. That Brahma, the limitless, is the subject matter of all the Upanishads. That every Upanishad reveals the identity of Jiva and Brahma. In that, there is no variation at all. But the Upanishad vary from one another in what? Apidu tad bodhana prakare. Every Upanishad seems to have its own approach in, in making the student see the truth. Upanishad is a teaching tradition. Therefore, it is a dialogue between the teacher and the student. And the concern that the teacher has is to make the student see the truth. It is not only enough for the Upanishad that they reveal the truth and leave the students to work it out themselves. But this is very important. The Upanishad is a dialogue between the teacher and the student. And therefore, depending upon the kind of the student, the te- every teaching is going to be unique. So every teacher of the Upanishad teaches the same theme, but depending upon the kind of the student, the manner in which the approach that the Upanishad the teacher chooses varies from the other ones, because every student is a unique person. Apitu tad bodhana prakare. Therefore, the approaches or the method of methods that are employed by the Upanishads are different. The models the Upanishads approach imply, or the approaches of the Upanishads have, they are different. But then all of them, they have in one in uh, they they in one in they concur. They have concurrence as far as revealing the nature of truth. Apitu tad bodhana prakare, tadapi bodhya purusha chitta vaishamya anusarena. And therefore the prakara or the method of communication varies from teacher to teacher, from audience to audience. In fact, you have to listen to the same teacher addressing different kinds of audiences and you will find that one teacher unfolds the same thing differently to different audiences. We find ourselves doing the same, doing that in fact. I remember that at one point in time several years ago, there was one verse from Bhagavad Gita. 
which I happen to talk about in three different classes. And all the audi audience in every class was different. And therefore that verse automatically gets unfolded differently depending upon the kind of audience or listeners that you have. Because a teacher addresses people. He's not a tape recorder that makes general declarations. And therefore he wants to see that the listeners or the students understand. The job of the teacher is to make them see. And therefore we find that every Upanishad follows all, almost or as though a different approach. As we said in the morning that Taitriya Upanishad presents what we call Panchakosha Prakriya. The Atmanatma Viveka or discrimination of the self and the non-self is done by Panchakosha. The non-self is looked upon as consisting of the five sheets. Mandukya Upanishad has an approach or method which is called Avasthatra, the three states of awareness, waking, dream and deep sleep. And with reference to those experiences, Mandukya Upanishad reveals the nature of the self. And thus every Upanishad has its own unique method of revealing the same truth depending upon the kind of students there are. Tadapi bodhya purusha chitta vaishamya anusarana in keeping with the state of the mind, in keeping with the background, in keeping with the problems that the particular student has. And therefore which one is best? We are saying that somebody employs what we call the Pratimimavada, the model of reflection. Somebody, Avachedavada, the model of what we call the Ghatakasha, the conditioning of the space. So these different models are used, which one is best? In, in this regard, this is called a Prakriya. Prakriya means a process or a method. So in Vedanta there are many Prakriyas that are employed, like here in the morning we will see that Agnyanam is described as ignorance itself is a Prakriya. Adhyaropa is a Prakriya. Superimposition is a Prakriya, is a method. Giving the illustration of rope snake is, is a model that is presented to us. To illustrate what is meant by Mithya. How snake is a creation alright, but Mithya creation. And thus the rope snake is a model. The reflection is a model. The pot space is a model. The clay and the pot. Chandogya Upanishad says, Vacharambhanam vikaronamadhyam mrittikayatyeva satyam. That whatever is made from clay, for example, like pots and jars, all of them are mitya, and clay alone is real. So different teachers give different kinds of illustrations, the, depending upon the kind of students in front of them. Which one is best? In that, a very important statement is made by a teacher known as Sureshwaracharya. We have mentioned him a number of times, and this is a verse quoted from his, uh, his work, verse 73. Yaya yaya bhavet pumsam, yaya yaya bhavet pumsam, vyutpattif pratyagatmani, vyutpattif pratyagatmani. Sāsaiva prakriye hasyād, sāsaiva prakriye hasyād, sādhvītyā cārya bhāśitam, sādhvītyā cārya bhāśitam. Yaya yaya bhavet pumsam yutpattihi pratyagātmani. Yaya yaya prakriya, by whichever method, by whichever prakriya, 
अवा विश्वर मॉडल अवा विश्वर मेथड उम्साम प्रत्यगात्मनी व्युत्पत्ति ही भवेत दैट द पीपल विल बी हैव व्युत्पत्ति दैट द पीपल विल हैव द नॉलेज ऑफ प्रत्यगात्मा द इनर सेल्फ देवर प्रत्यग एंड आत्मा इज अ वेरी ब्यूटीफुल वर्ड प्रत्यग इज प्रति द्वैतस्य प्रतिरोधेनैव अंचति यथावत प्रकाशति प्रत्यग प्रति एनच सो दैट व्हिच शाइन्स इन अ कॉन्ट्ररी मैनर the whole duality shines and that which shines contrary to duality shines is non dual and that which is the very self is called pratyagatma the inner self and what is atma the word atma somebody asked me this question recently swamiji what is the meaning of the word atma how is the word derived atma means the self but the word atma can be looked upon as derived in different ways yachapnoti yadadatte yachati vishayani hai यच्चास संतो भाव तस्मा आत्मेति भन्यते आत्मा इज दैट विच आपनोदी विच परवेज एवरीथिंग आदत्ते दैट विच रिजॉल्व एवरीथिंग इन टू इट सेल्फ यच्च अति दैट विच विटनेस इज एवरीथिंग यच्चास संतो भाव दैट बिकॉज ऑफ विच दिस होल यूनिवर्स हैज ए कंटिन्यूस एग्जिस्टेंस सो दिस इज ऑफ द वर्ड आत्मा सो प्रत्येक आत्मा that which is inner as well as the self so in by whichever method the students will come to know the self sasaeva prakriyaya syat sadhvi well that method is the right method which is the best method that method by which one comes to know the truth that is the best method it doesn't matter what method you apply which vada or which prakriya is best no prakriya is best every prakriya is good every prakriya or every model somehow is revealing to somebody there are people who have found a great inspiration from this method of uh, from the model of reflection there are others who got great inspiration from i don't know the space and the conditioned space some people find this this example of rope snake very revealing some people find the 10th man story very fascinating you know every time we talk of the 10th man and the story something new always comes out and there were or very often people we tell the story of that cow how the cow was tied and untied it it's very revealing so sometimes some of these stories just reveal and click so that by which the truth clicks to you that is the right prakriya that's all and therefore although the people debate among themselves that our model is better and somebody else's method is better better whichever method by which we understand well that is the best method and that is the right method and therefore there should be no method of presentation is different and doesn't matter what the method of presentation is because whichever method makes you see that is the best method if this is so shrutyarthasya ekarupatve if the shrutyartha if what the shruti reveals is one thing alone tat pratipadakanam eva kuto vipratipatti then how come you find various teachers of vedanta presenting truth in different ways we call vedanta means advaita vedanta vedanta means upanishad very same upanishads are interpreted by different teachers in different ways so shankaracharya and all his followers have have seen in vedanta the truth which we call the non dual there are other teachers who talk of con- the uh, condition non duality vishishta advaita 
क्वालिफाइड नॉन डिवालिटी देर अदर टीचर्स उसी इन उपनिषद द्वैता डिवालिटी देर अदर टीचर्स उसी इन उपनिषद द्वैता द्वैता डिवालिटी नॉन डिवालिटी सो हाउ कम दिस डिफरेंट टीचर्स सिम टू कम आउट विद डिफरेंट काइंड ऑफ इंटरप्रिटेशन इफ द उपनिषद रिवील ओनली द सेम ट्रूथ और समटाइम्स द टेक्स ऑल्सो इवन विद इन द अद्वैत ऑल्सो इवन विद इन द ट्रेडिशन ऑफ द अद्वैत ऑफ द नॉन डिवालिटी देर आर टीचर्स हु डिफर फ्रॉम ईच अदर इन प्रक्रियाज एंड सो सम डिफरेंट ओपिनियंस आर हेल्ड एस टू वेदर दिस मैथड इज बैटर और सम अदर मैथड इज बैटर एंड हाउ कम यू फाइंड दिस काइंड ऑफ विप प्रतिपत्ति हाउ कम यू फाइंड दिस काइंड ऑफ डिफरिंग ओपिनियंस और कॉन्ट्रडिक्टरी ओपिनियंस अमंग टीचर्स यदि आशंख्या श्रुति तात्पर्य बोध This kind of contradictions or opposing opinions or contradicted opinions will be held only by those who have not understood the purport of the Upanishad. Now, Tadvidam, those who know the purport of the Upanishad, they don't have any questions at all. They know the truth is one. As we said, Brahma Satyam Jagat Mithya Jiva Brahma Yivanaparaha. That Brahma is real, Jagat of creation is Mithya, and what we call Jiva is none other than Brahman. This is the truth and in which they don't have any doubt. That's being said in the verse 74. Shruti taat pariya makhilam, Shruti taat pariya makhilam, Abudhva brahmyate jadha, Abudhva brahmyate jadha, Viveki twakhilam budhva, Viveki twakhilam budhva, Tishthatyananda varidhav, राइट So people of dull intellect, they think that what they have understood is right. Shruti taat pariyam akhiram abudhva. When they do not understand the tatvari purport of the Upanishad, then only this dull-witted people, Brahmite, they get deluded. Viveki do akhiram abudhva. On the other hand, Viveki, a discriminatory person, akhiram abudhva, knowing the 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 Shruti entirely, Upanishad entirely, this Shruti ananda varidhu. As far as Vivek, you are a discriminative person is concerned. The idea is that in order to understand the tatpari of the purport of Upanishad, we require Viveka, a sense of discrimination. And therefore, also it is necessary that we expose ourselves sufficiently to the teaching of Vedanta, and preferably then alone expose our mind to other kinds of teaching, so that we don't get confused. Very often, students go to you know different teachers. Particularly when you are in a place like New York or whatever it is, and if, you know every 15 days somebody comes there. I don't know about New York, but if you go to people like places like Bombay, there are three places where the discourses are going on, and there are some people who every day go for satsang and listen to different people, and they listen to everybody. Krishna Murthy also is fine. Whoever comes, they go and listen to them. And tremendous confusion happens in their mind because they have not developed that maturity to be able to see what is it because of which these people differ or where the differences are, which is it that should be accepted and which is it that should be rejected. So only when we develop the maturity of 
what to accept and what to reject, then alone it would be fine to expose ourselves to different kinds of teaching. Otherwise, a tremendous confusion can be created. In any case, when people try to independently study Upanishads themselves, also a lot of confusion is created. As Shankaraja says, Shastragnyavi Swatantrena Brahman Vaishnam Nakuryad. Even if you are well versed in scriptures, meaning in knowledge, in, in grammar and in logic and every way you are well versed, then also you should never dwell into investigation upon Brahman by yourself. You must always go to the teacher. So when people do not have the benefit of a proper teaching tradition or whatever it is, then they come up with different kinds of interpretation, different kinds of ideas. Viveki too, however, the one who is Viveki or a discriminative person, Akhilam Buddha, understanding properly the purport of the Upanishad, Tishthadi Anandavaridhau. He is only Ananda, Anand means fullness. That's all the Upanishads reveal. Purnamadaha, Purnavidam, Purnat, Purnamudachyade. Adaha, that Brahman also is Purna. Idam Jiva also is Purna. Idam Jagat also is Purna. Everything is Purnam, complete or whole. How do you say? Purnat, Purnamudachyade. Because Brahman is the original cause and that is complete. And from the complete, complete alone can come out. Complete can never give rise to incomplete thing. So even jiva, even though I find that I am incomplete or inadequate, that incompleteness is has to be false. And in truth, the even jiva also has to be complete. I feel the jagat or the creation also is incomplete or limited. It cannot be. Meaning the incompleteness or limitation is, is only an appearance, is a projection. And completeness alone is the truth. This is what the Upanishad reveals and when the Viveki or a discriminative person understands this, he dwells, abides in completeness or fullness which is Ananda. Varidhi means ocean. Ananda Varidhi, the ocean of fullness. So Viveki or a, an enlightened person, a discriminative person, he doesn't get affected by all these different Vadas. And Again in Manduki Kariga, Godapadacharya says that it is this Dvaitinaha, this dualist who come up with different kinds of interpretations of the text and they always quarrel with one another. Parasparam virudhyande, tairayamna virudhyate. People, different contenders, they, they always contradict each other and always have quarrel with one another. Vedantin does not have quarrel with anybody at all. Like those blind men, they quarrel with one another regarding what is the nature of an elephant. But a person who sees an elephant has no quarrel at all. <coughs> and he has no quarrel with blind people also because he knows why, because why, what is it that makes these people arrive at the conclusion they have arrived at. So really Vedantin will be able to understand why somebody says this and why somebody says something. Where? From which standpoint they are looking. So when a blind man says that elephant is like a column, then you know very well that he's taking the leg of an elephant is an elephant. Or when he says the elephant is like a wall, then you know that the body of the elephant is taken as a wall, as elephant. And therefore, you don't have any, any quarrel with anybody. So really, Advaitin or the non-dualist, he doesn't quarrel with anybody. Tishthadi Anandavaridhau. Without any quarrel or without any conflict or contradiction. He dwells in the ocean of ananda, ocean of fullness, which is his own nature and which is nature of everything. Fullness alone is. He is fullness, everything is fullness and therefore, Tishthati Anandavaridhu. He abides 
or he dwells or remains uh, dwell, I mean remains abiding in the ocean of Ananda Tarhi vivekinaha nischeha kidrushaha Alright then what what is a nischeha what is the ascertained conclusion what is the conclude what is the knowledge of the viveki of a discriminative person in akankshayamaha in this akanksha the question is replied in the verse 75 maya megho jagannīram maya megho jagannīram varshatve shayatha tatha varshatve shayatha tatha chidakashasya nohanihi chidakashasya nohanihi navala bhaitisthirihi says this wise man says this maya megaha jagannīram varshatu eshaha yathātatha eshaha maya megaha this cloud of the nature of maya maya the projecting power is compared to the clouds megaha jagannīram varshatu let it rain the the water in the form of so let it pour the rain in the form of this creation so it is a cloud that sends forth the rain so also the way the cloud of the maya sent forth the rain in the form of this creation in the form of this jiva jagat ishvara all of it let this maya create the appearance of this creation and ever create the appearance of jiva jagat ishvara chidakashasya nohanihi when the clouds send forth the rain, what effect does it have on the space? How the space remains unaffected? Let the clouds keep on sending forth the rain. Let them pour the rain. Just as by pouring the rain, the, the akasha or the space is not affected in any way. And so, so, let the cloud of maya keep on sending forth the pouring the rain from this creation. But then, chidakasya nohanihi. This word used is chidakasya. We have been reading the word Chidabhasa. Abhasa means appearance. Chidabhasa means appearance of chit. But the word here is Chidakasha. Akasha means space. Chidakasha means the space, the consciousness that is like the space. How space is all pervasive. How space is formless. How space is without attributes. And so also the chit or the awareness like the space. Unconditioned, boundless. So in the boundless awareness, which is compared to the space, let in boundless awareness that is like the space, let this cloud of maya keep on sending forth the rain of this creation, etc. Nahani va nalabaha. There is no honey, there is nothing to be lost, there is nothing to be gained, there is no effect whatever on the chidakasha, on the awareness which is comparable to the space. Just as the space has nothing to lose, nothing to gain, has no effect whatever on account of the rain that is sent forth by the clouds. So the space watches, space illumines. See, clouds are supported by the space. The rain also goes on within the space. So how the space supports the clouds? How the space supports the phenomenon of rain? Without, in spite of supporting it, it remains totally unaffected by it. That's the beauty of it. Lord Krishna in the ninth chapter gives the example of the space and the air or the wind. Yatha kasha sthito nityam vayuhu sarvatra gomahan tasa sarvani bhutani machthani tibhaya. Lord Krishna says 
just as the vayu of the wind space supports the vayu space itself is motionless the wind which is supported by the space is all moving the space is changeless motionless all pervasive the wind is moving changing so all the changes in the movement in the storms that occur in the wind how they totally keep they leave the space unaffected and so so here the illustration that is given is how the space in the form of awareness supports this maya and supports the creation of the jiva jagadanishwara which is comparable to rain sent forth by the clouds in spite of supporting everything in spite of supporting all the changes how the chirakasha or the consciousness which is like the space how limitless consciousness remains unaffected or unchanged <coughs> chirakashasya nohanihi navalaba who is chirakasha the kutastha who is kutastha the self who is self the i so this is what the wise man says i am kutastha i am chidabhasa i am the limitless awareness in me alone this whole show by the maya is going on in me alone the maya creates a show of creation sustenance dissolution of birth death and all the changes so for the wise man it is like watching a whole show and enjoying it just as you enjoy a movie knowing fully well that it is mithya and so also the wise man enjoys the whole show of the maya knowing that i am chirakasha it is i upon whom the maya is centered i am the very locus of substratum of the show and me it is going on without affecting me how any storms or any waves or any breakers they leave the water unaffected in the ocean how all this rain and all the phenomena going on in the space rains and storms going on in the space leave the space unaffected similarly also this phenomena of creation sustenance dissolution and whatever is going on all of this leave me the chidakasha unaffected <coughs> chidabhasa is jiva chidakasha is kutastha chidabhasa appearance that is jiva chidakasha that which is reflected so chidakasha the limitless consciousness that is kutastha and that remains ever unaffected that is the last verse of this chapter in the last verse here actually now ग्रंथाभ्यास फलमाह व्हाट इज द फलम व्हाट्स द रिजल्ट ऑफ ग्रंथ अभ्यास व्हेन यू व्हेन यू स्टडी दिस टेक्स्ट दिस पर्टिकुलर चैप्टर व्हाट इज द रिजल्ट ऑफ स्टडी ऑफ दिस टेक्स्ट और व्हाट इज द रिजल्ट ऑफ ड्वेलिंग एंड कॉन्टेम्प्लेटिंग अपॉन दिस टेक्स्ट देन इट सेड इन द वर्स 76 इमम कूटस्थदीपम यह इमम कूटस्थदीपम यह अनुसंधत्ते निरंतरम अनुसंधत्ते निरंतरम स्वयं कूटस्थरूपेण स्वयं कूटस्थरूपेण दीप्यते सौ निरंतरम दीप्यते सौ निरंतरम इमम कूटस्थदीपम दिस चैप्टर नोन एज कूटस्थदीप यह निरंतरम अनुसंधत्ते Nirantaram, constantly. Anusandhate, one who dwells upon it. One who reflects upon it. One who deliberates upon it. Contemplates upon it. So one who constantly deliberates upon this chapter known as Kutastha Deepa. Deepa means a lamb. Lamb means that which illumines. 
Kutas, this chapter is named Kutastha Deepa, the lamp that illumines Kutastha, which illumines the nature of Kutastha, illumines the nature of self. So this particular chapter of 75 verses or 76 verses, which illumines the nature of Kutastha, one who constantly dwells upon that, reflects upon that, contemplates upon that. Svayam Kutastha Rupena Deepyate. Swayam Deepi himself shines. How does he shine? Kutastha Rupena. He shines as the very Kutastha. Kutastha is the self, which is self-revealing, self-shining. And therefore, he ever shines as the Kutastha, as the changeless self. Asav Nirantaram, he also always shines. So one who constantly dwells upon the chapter, or the theme of the chapter, also ultimately gains the knowledge of self that is Kutastha and always abides in that knowledge. So that is the fruit. This is called the Phalashruti. It is customary in all the texts in India to always give us a result of the study of the text. Even if you repeat Gita, they'll tell you what is it that you get as a result of repetition, what results come. And similarly also, what is the result of study of this particular chapter. Every, at the end of every chapter, the author makes it a point to tell us what will be the result of study of the text. You study the chapter called Kutastha you yourself know your self as Kutastha, and you always shine as Kutastha, as a changeless self. <coughs> so this is how the chapter is concluded. It started, if you remember, with an illustration of our wall, famous wall, which is illumined by two sources of light. One source of light is the sunlight, which illumines the wall in general. And there is another source of light, which is the light reflected in the mirror. Again, same sunlight reflected in the mirror and directed to the wall, so that also illumines the wall. So it is one sunlight alone which illumines the wall in twofold way, one in general and one in particular. Except that the reflected light is a concentrated light. And therefore, that area where the reflected light falls is brighter. And therefore, when you look at that bright reflected light, you do not see that general light which is there in the background, you miss that. So how do you see that general light? Suppose there are several mirrors, thus, with patches of reflected light upon the wall, then between, Sandhi meaning, between these patches, you can see that general light. Or if all the mirrors are turned away, then in absence of the reflected lights, you can see the general light. Similarly also within ourselves, our own self also is illumined by the twofold light of consciousness. One is the consciousness that shines as Kutastha, as a very self that witnesses, that is changeless, and that, that provides the existence and awareness to this body and to our own self. Another is what we call Chidabhasa or the light of consciousness reflected in the buddhi, reflected in the mind, where the mind is comparable to a mirror. I should say every thought of the mind. What is mind is nothing but the flow of thoughts, also called vritti. So every thought form is comparable to a mirror and every thought therefore reflects that consciousness. <coughs> Thus we also have consciousness illumining ourselves in twofold ways. One is Kutastha, that is what we call the general illumination. Another is the Chidabhasa, which is what we call the reflected or particular illumination. 
just as just because the reflected light is concentrated therefore it is brighter and so also the light reflected in the buddhi or chidabhasa is light brighter and therefore when we look at the chidabhasa we miss that that general light we miss the light that is unqualified light is missed on account of the qualified light say that the sunlight reflect illumining the wall is unqualified light so wall is you may say illumined by unqualified light of the sun and the qualified light of the reflection and so also we are illumined by the unqualified light of the kutastha the changeless self and the qualified light of the self reflected in the buddhi called chidabhasa so when our attention is on the thought then that chidabhasa because it is qualified light therefore that attracts our attention and that is what we normally take as a self so how do we know there is kutastha how do we know there is unqualified light on the wall you have to look between the two patches of reflected light or you have to look when the reflected lights are absent and so so how do we know the presence of kutastha within our own self you have to look between the patches of reflection meaning you have to look between the two thought forms every thought form is like a mirror reflecting the light but what obtains between the two thought forms is unqualified light or when all the thoughts are absent just as in deep sleep state in a state of soon or unconsciousness or in what is known as samadhi when all the stops thoughts are stopped that time what is the light that illumines the unqualified light that is kutastha that alone illumines and this we must know that two twofold illumination is there the various vrittis or thought forms arising in our mind like desire like anger like happiness unhappiness all the various thoughts which arise in our mind all of them reflect that kutastha the illustration there was given was taptaya pindavata like a red hot iron ball how it, it it glows with the fire how an iron ball it glows with the fire that similarly also every thought glows so how the iron ball shines it is red it is glowing in redness and so also every thought form is comparable to that hot iron ball every thought form glows in the light of awareness so awareness and thought form both of them are uh, both the combination of both is called this jiva the chidabhasa and it every thought glows in the reflection of awareness and we have to look between the two thoughts or in the absence of the thought <coughs> and this is the primary theme that is presented here what is the nature of kutastha what is the nature of unqualified light of awareness with yourself that which illumines the thought that which illumines the reflected reflection of thought and that which illumines the object of thought a thought has an object and the thought reflects the consciousness so that which reflects the object and the thought and the reflected consciousness that which illumines the object the thought and the reflected consciousness the illuminating principle is kutastha why do we call it kutastha because it is changeless how do you say it is changeless because it is in the light of this changeless kutastha that you see all the changes you see that the chidabhasa that reflected consciousness in the thought it undergoes changes when a thought is born that chidabhasa also is born as long as the thought remains chidabhasa remains 
When the thought subsides, Chidavasa also subsides. So Chidavasa is the one, the reflected consciousness or ego, the Jiva is the one that is subject to birth, death and changes. Whereas, how do you know that birth, death and changes? In light of that, in light of Kutastha, which illumines all the changes, which itself is changeless. And so this is how we will dwell. You can meditate with the help of this chapter, with the prakriya or the method. So this chapter provides, every chapter in Panchalashi provides a different model to dwell upon the same principle. So to dwell upon the same kutas of the self, this is the model that is provided in this particular chapter. <coughs> in this kutas alone is Brahma. It is Satyam, it is Truth, it is Satchidananda, it is Satya existence and it is Truth because it is substratum of the whole creation which is unreal. It is Chit because it illumines the whole creation. It is Ananda because Parama Premaspadam, it is the locus of my unqualified love. So unqualified existence, unqualified awareness, unqualified love, that's the nature of this Kutastha. And in this manner, may the student dwell upon the Kutastha. May you understand that the very same Kutastha is presented by Maya as Ishvara the Creator. That Kutastha is presented by Maya as Jiva the individual. Same Kutastha presented by Maya as a Jagat. So Jiva, Jagat, Ishvara, all of these are the presentations of Maya of the same Kutastha. All of them are Mithya or unreal and Kutastha alone is real. Let the Maya send forth the rain of projections in the form of Jiva, Jagat and Ishvara. These projections in any way do not have any effect at all on the Kutastha. Kutastha ever remains the same, unaffected, changeless. He is Asangha. Asangha means unconnected, unaffected, untainted by all that show of the Maya that is going on constantly. And this is the way the student should dwell upon the self, dwell upon Kutastha. So if you keep doing this, then you see the nature of the self, your own self is Kutastha. And you see also how everything else is unreal or Mithya. In which case, one remains unaffected by Mithya. And then one dwells in Kutastha. One shines as Kutastha. This is the result of constantly in deliberation upon this chapter. <coughs> Om Puranamadaf Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Bhede Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om